It's the FT Magdown podcast. We're back after the Easter break. Damien Quaver and myself, Tim Barnsley. Damien is the publisher of FT Magazine. I'm the editor of the magazine for you guys. Fathers, whether you're new, whether you haven't had a baby yet, or whether you're way down the line with loads of kids, you'll find something in this podcast for you. Damien, how have you been? How was your Easter? Easter was very smooth. Uh, quite pleasant. We didn't go away, didn't do much because I think there was plenty of havoc with the airlines and things like that. So we entertained ourselves with um, sports and temping bowling and lots of different activities like that. Do you know what? Sometimes doing that kind of staycation thing, it can actually be less stressful and better, can't it? Yeah, I think the other the other thing is I think everybody's sort of being more patient and saying you know what we've we've been without holidays for a couple of years if we can just get through this next patch we will uh we'll take advantage of it later on they've saved their money up a little bit if they've been in that situation and they're saying well you know what let's just wait nobody wants to hassle at um at passport control and you don't want the uncertainty of countries not letting you in or not letting you back out or whatever the case may be so um I took the decision. It's not worth the hassle, especially with children. When it's only, when you're on your own, it's it's not so bad. You can you know you can deviate. You can sit around for a couple of hours. You can entertain yourself in different ways. But having young children and going away and having three four days or two three hours or six hour delays is just unreasonable. But you know, having this couple of weeks, my kids have only just gone back today um, because you know every holiday in the United Kingdom, it seems to be staggered, yes. whether some schools are off, some aren't. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they've gone back, and um, we had we had a good time uh, in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it made me think, actually, during these two weeks. So while we're working and we're also trying to entertain our children, there's always that moment, depending on what age they are, um, that you allow them to play out maybe on their own, unsupervised, maybe I'm bad for saying this, but I don't know, you've got to let the leash out at some point, haven't you? Yeah. So there I am with my youngest, and I'm keeping an eye on her over the laptop through the blinds, and I'm just keeping an eye, and I'm always thinking, do you know what? I remember in the 70s a thing called Stranger Danger. Do you remember that? No, I don't. Well, that, that worry in the 70s was about, you know, if anyone ever speaks to you or stops, anyone you don't know, mm-hmm. you should not speak to them. And yeah. I, I kind of thought, how do we teach our young children about, you know, there are friendly strangers and there are bad people out there? How do we do that gently? Because you and I have both got two older children and we've sort of, I've sort of done it, but not in a conscious way. I don't know whether you, you sort of mm-hmm. did it in a conscious way with your two daughters. Yeah, I mean, as you said, look, growing up in the 70s and the 80s, very different to now. I mean, I lived on an estate where everybody left their doors open to a degree and you can go in and out, especially if you knew your neighbours really well. So along one block, we kind of knew everybody. And if you were fortunate to have children your age, you would be in and out of everybody's home and back garden. And so everybody looked after everybody's house because everyone was so familiar with their surroundings. So any stranger that came into that environment, everyone was fairly alerted to it. And back then we were always told as the teachers, as their schools do these days to say how important it is, is not to engage with strangers at all. Um, I have personal conversations with my children uh, and have done about, you know, when I say not, not talking to strangers, there's no reason for a stranger to approach my children under a certain age. 
Um, and I'd feel very uncomfortable if I approached a child that where there wasn't a bevy of other adults around. So, you know, when you have to supervise other children or you're in a sports center, if someone's in your way, you have to approach a child or maybe something's about to happen to them or whatever. No problem. But there's no reason why anyone should roll up their car alongside any young child or if uh, anyone approached me in a specific way you have to tell them I, I've had that it's very difficult to tell your, your children to scream or to shout if they're being grabbed or dragged away. I mean, there's certain stages of where and what you could do when a stranger talks to you. Um, and that's a difficulty is trying to explain that without scaring them. Yeah. Cause I, I it's, it's a fine line, isn't it? Cause I'm thinking, you know, don't talk to strangers as being the rule, you know, as I say for many parents for, for generations now, certainly when I was a kid, but I guess sometimes, again, this is like you say, it depends on the age of your child. Sometimes it is a good idea for kids to talk to strangers because I'm thinking, who else will they turn to if they're lost and need help, for instance, you know? Um, no, I mean, I disagree. I would say that I've uh, taught Gabriel how to um, learn his uh, te- uh, my telephone number or his mother or, or more importantly, his address. He knows his full name. He knows my full name. Um, I think it's crucial that they know where to alert um, maybe the services. He knows how to call 999. Um, and, you know, I'd much prefer, you know, again, it's it's very difficult, Tim, because, as you say, there are certain people that you might want him to approach and might, may not. We've all seen those dodgy films where you think that person <laughs> is the nice person. They're not. They're the bad person. So. Um, it's a it's a very difficult sort of situation. Depending on there's there's not a situation where I hope my child is not left on their own in in a in a situation, but in a supermarket where they could be lost, or in a in a in a in an adventure playground or a park, I want him to really go and see an official, someone with a radio, or go to a point where he's speaking to someone official uh, rather than just a stranger. And hopefully, sometimes you do get really nice another parent with other children. I would have, I would much prefer that he approached and says, "Can you help me?" I think they're they're the sort of things I'd ask him. Or we've spoken about whether or not he remembers that, and it's a good point to kind of remind us all to to have those conversations so he's sensible. You know what? You've just touched on a point that scared the heebie-jeebies out of me ten years ago. And I know it was ten years ago because it was the Queen's Jubilee in 2012. We were uh, walking on a seafront with what is now my eldest daughter, and. Um, we literally looked away for a moment and she'd gone. Literally. Mm. And it was like, yeah. how could she have gone in that blink of an eye? And she had. Anyway, cut a long story short, we got in touch after looking frantically with um, some physical presence that was on the seafront, you know, in the, in the way of uh, lifeguards and police officers. And I said, I didn't, want, I didn't want to be dramatic. I was a bit embarrassed, but I said, look, she's only five and I'm pretty concerned. And they said, well, what does she look like? I said, what, what's she wearing? Yeah. Said, she's wearing red, white, and blue. But you look, you look around, everyone was wearing red. Yeah, yeah, it's a jubilee. Yeah, exactly. And I kept hearing the word daddy and I kind of looked around. It wasn't her. And I thought, my God. Anyway, long story short, there was a 20-minute gap where obviously all sorts of horrible thoughts came through brain. And it turned out that it was a good, good job we had um, asked for help because word had gone around. And she had been picked up in the lost children's tent about a mile from where we were. Yeah. Um, anyway, we, we got her and all was well in the end, but what I could get out of her being only five at the time was that she thought we'd gone off somewhere. So she in her little head thought we'd gone off to a fish and chip shop, but so she started wandering in the direction she thought it was in. Mm. And anyway, she stood and realized she was lost and started crying and a man. 
stopped with his dog and said, are oh, you lost? Have you lost your mummy and daddy? And she went, yes. Mm. He said, let me hold your hand. I'll take you to some help. And she mm. did. So part of me screamed inside thinking, oh, my God. Yes. He actually took the hand of someone. Yes. On the other hand, he did mean well because obviously he did take it to the lost children's tent and all was well. Yes. But I was thinking that could have gone so horribly the other way. Oh, of course. And I mean, look, we, we all know the majority of people out there are good. The majority of people out there, they're, they're the bad ones out there. They're far and in between. But you just have to be one of the very, very unlucky ones out there that come across that. And if I saw, you know, a child crying and no one else helping them, I would hope that I would just go over and say, calm down, stay there. I'm not going to take the hand. I'm going to call someone and stay exactly where that child is. I don't want to take their hand. I don't want to take them anywhere else. I'm going to say, I'm going to stay with you until someone else comes that can help you. Yeah, that's what. I think I would much prefer that would happen. That may not always be possible. We might not be able to have a, a phone signal or something like that. Um, but I'd be fully aware that I don't really want to be walking around with someone else's child because, you know, again, you, you suddenly come across those parents and they think the wrong thing. It could all yeah. kick off. But anyway, I mean, look, there are no, these, these rules, there are probably some really great online rules on what you could do. And, 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 I, and I must admit, I've, I've existed many years with with elder children with not having a major problem in that in that situation so again we do all need reminding and there's probably some really great online problems what you should do if you see someone else's child in distress or what you should do if your child is lost and what you should teach your child you know a lot of people sew a lot of stuff into their back of their collar and they have you know a variety of little wristbands these days and all different things are out there on the market to 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 help with that type of thing and i've often thought of some of that stuff i've even wanted you know like a homing device on my son before if ever he got lost so just i i mean one i'd be concerned about him i'd be concerned about my heart i'd be concerned literally what i would hyperventilate probably pass out so you know i think um I think it's something we all have to be very vigilant and aware of uh, and educated about what to do in those situations. Absolutely. My God, you described how I was. I literally was going to the point where I felt a bit out of body. I couldn't believe yes. this happened to me, you know. And yeah. Anyway, it, as I say, it did work out. But I did then flip it around in my mind, especially as the years have gone on, thinking I just she described to me it was an older man. And I thought, you know, he probably was a father. Right. Yeah. yeah. And there is this a bit like pigeons coming home to roost. It's so natural. I think this feeling of empathy we get, you know, um, and I think that you get that if you're not a father as well, but I think particularly once you have become a parent, it is built in you, isn't it? Do you ever hear, hear the word daddy and you turn around and you realize, yes, you know, it's exactly. funny, isn't it? No, no, he's like, yeah, absolutely right. And, and ultimately what we'll, what we'll do after this podcast is actually on our website, post the top 10 things you should do. Uh, if your child is lost and what the top 10 things to do if you find some other child in distress and you'll be able to go to www.fqmagazine.co.uk and there'll be some suggestions or some links to websites on what you should do telephone numbers you can call um you know after um after this podcast is uh is posted um, Absolute, because i think it's such it is something we we all think we have or we all think we might know what to do and in general um we don't i mean my son used to hide when we used to go shopping sometimes be, behind the, the clothes rails or behind the uh, behind the um the pillars in big shopping malls etc and he thought it was hugely and very very funny but invariably if you check yourself the fir your first reaction when you turn around and they're not there and then they pop out someone 
is is abject anger. It's like, what do you do that for? And I'm like, <laughs> like, your first thing is wonderful, your hair, and thank you. Come here, I'll give you a hug. It's like, don't ever do that to me again. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I remember being. Uh, I think it must have been the first time I was lost. It was this, sort of this feeling of utter abandonment, and yeah. it was only it was only in the local Sainsbury's wherever it was. But you know how those yeah. aisles seem vast when yes. you were like tiny. Yes. And um, the absolute fear that you were suddenly, you know, your, your mum's hand had gone. I actually yes. remember once I thought my dad had gone off to stop up the way a little way. Yeah. And I thought he'd come back and I held it. I held his hand and yeah. I asked him a question. And this voice came back and I was holding the hand of a completely different man. That just oh, wow. to and Amazing. honestly, I was like, oh, my God, how embarrassing, even at that small age. But, yeah. but you know what? I think when it comes to this fine line of teaching your kids who and who not to speak to. I mean, for instance, so I went for a, um, I had a bit of a cold. I had a man cold at the, uh, at, at, over the bank holiday, typically. Yes. So I thought, I'll try, rather than feeling sorry for myself, I thought, I'm going to go for a bit of a walk, try and blow the cobwebs away with um, my youngest. Let's go and see, go, go over to the fields near our house, What maybe look at the horses or whatever. Anyway, we did this, and there were a few people walking our way. And I thought, right, rather than kind of make it a complete rule, I thought, what I'll do, I'll just... You know, I'll say hi. So mm. it's fine to let, you know, people do sometimes, don't they? They nod and they say hello and they walk past you. Um, mind you, it depends where you are in London. It might be a nutter, but, you know, it's yes. like, you know, you get, <laughs> you get, <laughs> there are a few people who always say, oh, hello, how are you? So I said to my little girl afterwards, she said, oh, do you know those people, Daddy? And I was like, no, I don't. They're just people. Why did you say hello to them then? I said, well, yeah. it's just a polite thing to do. And she's like, oh, okay. But then afterwards, I tried to explain that, while it's okay to nod or say hello, don't get... It was so difficult because she didn't understand what I was on about. I just said, well, don't ever get into too much of a conversation. Don't ever talk. You know, we're going to get you a phone soon. And, and I found myself tripping over my own words, trying to explain, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I think the main thing is, as adults, we can handle ourselves a lot better than often. You know, I'm not saying it never happens that you're not dragged into a van or taken somewhere else, but we're aware of our surroundings, who we're in, who we're with, where we've got a voice... You know, children are very vulnerable. And so, yeah, I mean, it's really nice that these days, strangers, when you walk past people you don't know just on your road and people you never met, that sometimes you do get a nice nod or a good morning from someone. I think that's really nice. And I think that should be encouraged. Um, again, I, ju- I still generally feel that we're still in an environment where, you know, um, and over the bank holiday, I didn't see a lot of children play out on the street. We don't see it like how we did. When we were kids, everyone played out on the street. You know, we played football in the street. We roller skated in the street. We played noughts and crosses and all of those other things in the street. We, you know, that's what we did. And we don't, and we don't see that anymore. In the parks, yes, now, but you don't really see it in the street anymore. No, I mean, the, the areas that we live in in the United Kingdom, I mean, you know, if you look at the world, Britain is still a relatively safe country, actually. Mm. Um, certainly the Western world. And you, you, you kind of think, um, there are always going to be places, but it's not always London. It's not always Birmingham or Manchester. People often imagine these great, scary, big cities as being the place where the danger lurks. But the rural areas, anywhere, you know, I've said to my kids, just be safe. My eldest child, I said, you walk on lit paths, right? Mm-hmm. You call me, call me for a lift. Oh, but you're out with your friends. I said, I don't care. Call me for a lift. I will yeah. help you if you get stuck. Yeah. I've recently mm-hmm. had, but now you must help me here, Damien, right? This is this is something you, you, I'm sure you must have been down this road, right? Yeah. So my oldest daughter's coming up to 16. 
So she now wants to go on holiday with her friends to Turkey, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I've said she's too young. Yeah. What What is your opinion? Mine is until you're 18, um, 16 is too young. It's too young to be just with two other two other 16 year olds or whoever. I think it's too young unless they're supervised for the mainstay with an adult. 16 would be too young for my daughter to go away. Uh, in my opinion, I mean, they may think they're adults, but they're not. And and I just think 18 is when you're a lot more legal to to do things. And I think a little bit more responsible. Um, and I'm sure they're responsible on the 16 year olds out there thinking, you know, gosh, I can do everything. You know, there's a lot of things you're allowed to do somewhat legally. But 18, I think, is a, is a threshold where I would consider it. And even then, I want to know where, what, how the ins and outs of every element of the the travel where they're staying i want it all planned i want to know and again i want to assess how responsible they are filling in forms getting through passport control packing their bags making sure no one hands them anything that they shouldn't i'm going to go through a whole checklist and i constantly still do that now i don't care who you think you're meeting and who you think is your friend and how much you trust them over two weeks you don't carry or take anything or say you're going to bring anything back um Oh, yeah, it's a whole raft. 16 is way too young. <laughs> Thank the Lord, because I said exactly the same. Thank God you've concurred with me, because I was beginning to think I was being some old-fashioned fuddy-duddy saying this, because she was like, no, 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 no. It's going to be the kids' parents might be there as well. I said, look, I know, right, I'm not being funny. You know, other parents, however much you might get on them, may have a different set of values to the ones <laughs> I've got. And not only that, um, oh, well, in that case, if we can't do that, can, I, can we go camping? Can we go camping? A bunch of us. What, on your own? Without your parents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be fine, won't it? No, it still won't be. Still no. won't be. So a bit of resistance I'm getting now. But as I say, I think. Yeah. If they want to look, if they really want to go off and do something like that, I think there are things like out there, organised trips with, you know, um, is it the, the the prince the prince's award and Camp America and various things of that nature where they're teaching them how to be responsible adults looking after other children all supervised by you know expert um, people that do that and I think that they can get to know other people in that environment but it's very monitored etc but no I'm I'm not very I'm not very happy with my I wouldn't be very happy with my 16 year old going off to you know a concert etc 16 is about as far as it goes. And that's, you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily London, but I want you back that night, that day. And I want to know the full travel arrangements. That's as far as it kind of goes. And even those can be quite daunting for a 16-year-old. But, you know, that's where I've kind of drawn the line. Yeah, they can be. I mean, you know, being fathers, and of course, FQ stands for Father's Quarter, and it's what we're all about. Um, That does not limit itself just to dads, though. You know, obviously any parent, mothers, whoever. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a worry when you've got the responsibility of another human being that you've brought into this world and whether they're tiny babies, toddlers, preschoolers, at school age, teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever, you're still a parent, right? Absolutely. And, you know, again, at least when you're 17, 18, you can drive. There are so many different things you can do when you're just that little bit older and that extra year just gives you a little bit more responsibility, strength, awareness, legalities all kinds of different things so yeah 16 is just a little bit too young to go camping with a, a bunch of uh, a bunch of people too far away from home etc um, i'd much prefer to have you know a much an older responsible person that i trust or a family member that's in their 18 19 20s etc that 
I feel that they've really proved themselves over a certain amount of time. But apart from that, I'd much prefer an adult to be fully responsible. Absolutely right. I mean, because these, these, these girls can look very, very mature. They can look a lot older than they are when they're that age. Um, and I think they think they're older than they are at that age sometimes as well. Um, but actually, there is quite a demonstrable naivety there. You know this lack of street wiseness, if that's a word. You know, yeah. And um, it doesn't take it doesn't take a lot for a lot to go wrong. I'm not saying if the boys get a bit gregarious and you know situations turn a bit bad, and then you know you're left on your own or with certain people, or you know, there's so much that can go wrong. And then it's not about us as parents being asked the questions: Why did you leave, let your 16 year old daughter go away? Because you can sit down and teach them all the methods and all the things that you think they need to be aware of, but that's exactly why we're here to say, you know what? I think you just need to wait a little bit. You may not like it. You may not like me right now, but I'm here to make sure you're safe. That's my job. So right now, whilst you're under my control, ain't going to happen. And, and, you know, look, going right the way back to what we said at the beginning of the podcast about stranger danger and what have you, I think that to sum up, really, I think we have to remind ourselves about instincts I think we, we should rely on our instincts, you know. Basically, if they don't have a good feeling about a certain person, they should approach someone else or whatever if they if they are in, in, in bother. You know, I've said to my kids, look, if your phone's not working, it's out of signal, you don't have a phone for any reason, you've lost it, you should try and find a person in uniform if you're in a city area or whatever, you know, police officer, security guard, or maybe even a store employee. But if there are no uniformed people, Sometimes I wonder whether grandparents, older people with kids themselves may be safer. But again, you know, you have to worry. Mm. They're not always going to have 100% good intentions necessarily. So instincts, I've said, would you agree they should rely on their sort of gut feeling, you know, about someone? Yeah, well, yeah, I think they, they need to be aware of their surroundings. They need to be aware of how that person's going to react. I think they need to be aware of keeping a distance between that and the person um there there are so many their gut reactions in terms of you can instantly work out someone if they've got maybe a kind face but let's face it the most demonic people probably have worked all of that out and have really worked out how to be nice and change their voice tones and be approachable and etc so gut accounts for a certain amount the rest is about being sensible. The rest is making sure you keep enough battery in your phone, making sure you have a signal. You know, when we as parents turn around and say, look, tell us when you arrive. Tell us when you where you are. Tell us if you change your arrangements. Tell us who you're with. Give me a number for the people that you're with. So if I can't get hold of you, I can get hold of them. You know, it's not because we're being a pain and we're trying to control them. It's because we're trying to keep them safe. If anything does happen, we've got a second contact or a third contact. We know who they're with. We know where they're supposed to be at a certain amount of time. When we call them, how are you? Are you okay? Have you had something to eat? Have you had something to drink? Are you, you know, if you're drinking alcohol, what's the situation? Are you being looked after? Who you're with? I mean, listen, I know that might sound overprotective, but these these are things that roll off my tongue for a reason. Yeah. Uh, you can tell you're an experienced dad. You've got, what, nearly 30 years experience, right? Parenthood. Just short of, yeah. You know, and um, it might sound daunting for those guys out there who are going to become dads, but this is a lifelong commitment. And, you know, it's not like having a pet. It's not like having anything like that. It's sometimes about being nice, about being nasty. Sometimes you have to be the good cop, the bad cop, all in one go some days. But at the end of the day, you will never love anyone like you do your own child. 
and and it's not a po- and it's not a popularity contest. I'm not. I've got no problem with not being the popular one. It's nice to be liked and loved, respected, and be cool and all that type of thing. But there's times when you're the parent. There's times when you're their friend and they're confident. Um, you know, but there's times when you have to put the foot down. It's not that hard to do. You know, just you know, you're doing it for a reason and feel very comfortable. I feel very comfortable with it. I can't be persuaded any other way unless they are making me feel thoroughly secure that they're secure then i'm secure no problem absolutely absolutely what a good note to end this podcast on and if you want to listen to more of our podcasts then go online go to google tap in fq mag dads and you can find us on spotify you can find us on apple podcasts and you can find us on anchor but of course one of the easiest ways is just to put in fqmagazine.co.uk and you will find us there Damien, I really, really hope you have a really good day. I've got to go off. No doubt you have to do yep. the school run now. <laughs> off you go. Thanks very much. Take great care. Thank Until you. Thanks week. again. Bye-bye. Bye.